This is Limit Up, a trading podcast presented by the performance coaches at Top Step. We discuss futures, forex, stocks, options, history, trading psychology. Basically, if you can trade it, we'll try our best to make sense of it. Now, on to the show. Guess who's back? Back again. VIX is back. Tell your friends. I'm Jack Pelzer. Welcome to the Limit Up podcast presented by Top Step. As you might tell from that jaunty little intro, I'm recording this Thursday morning, July 8th. And after a bunch of grinding, high after high malarkey going on in the equity indices, we finally got some volatility this morning. The VIX is up 25%. We're back to that 20 handles. And that means there's some good day trading coming down the pipe. That being said, we know that's not always the case. So today, since Dan is taking his annual trip to nowhere, as is Hogue or anyone else I might talk to as a guest in the office on this podcast, we're giving you a little bit of a replay today. We took the audio from a Coach's Playbook segment we did last month with the incomparable Miss Carol Jorison, who was a big-time commodities trader back in the day, and we talk about how to avoid day trading burnout, which is something we're all going to have to deal with at some point. But there are some tools that you can use to manage those feelings. And you know what? There's also some indicators you can use to know when it's time to step away, maybe for a while, maybe for good. You know, don't trade because it's something you have to do. Trade because it's something you want to do. That's the point of all this, right? Don't go through life doing something you don't want to do. So with that, we really hope you enjoy this conversation. Dan and I will be back with a brand new podcast from front to back next week. But please, in the meantime, enjoy the episode. I'll see you after the break. Hi, everybody out there. Welcome to Coach's Playbook uh, on today, Wednesday, June 2nd, uh, year of our Lord, 2021. Uh, we got a special treat. We're joined again this week by Carol Jorison. How are you doing, Carol? Good so far. So far? Okay, we'll yep. take that. I guess that's all anyone can say. <laughs> We're only halfway through the day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been watching. The market's been going pretty crazy in certain stocks today, so uh, yep. that's been fascinating. But uh, today, we're going to be talking about avoiding burnout, which is a common thing I think everyone experiences a little bit at some point in a trading career. Some people, it uh, kind of ends their trading career. But first, uh, Mick, do we have any trader shout-outs today? I joined late, we do. So. We do. Shout out to Muhammad Wafi, up fifteen hundred trade in the Nasdaq and the S and P. Awesome. awesome. Cool. So, um, burnout something I'm super familiar with because I had a uh, you know eight year previous career in a prop shop, and by the end of it, I was feeling like I just uh, I didn't have any love for the trade anymore. I wasn't being energized by being at work, and I realized later, looking back at it, is that was a problem that started a long time before that, and I wasn't doing the right things to get through it. So I kind of want to go around, maybe starting with Carol, uh, you know, to ask, were there any points in your career when you were super down on trading in general or felt like it might not be the way to go? Definitely. Yeah. Many pockets throughout it. And 
towards the end of my trading on the floor. And, you know, over time from when I started trading until the end of my floor trading, let's say, um, it became closer to a 24 hour day experience. You know, when I began, it was a day thing. Then there became a night session. Then there became expanded night sessions. By the end, it was 24 hours a day. And when you're trading options, you have open positions, obviously. So your risk never goes away. And when markets are great and you're making money and there's lots of opportunities, that's like fuel, you know, it energizes you. It's like, yeah, I'm going to look at the markets tonight. I'm going to see what's happening. I'm going to make some money. But when you're trading a more calm market or something less chaotic, where there's less ability to take advantage of things or markets that are trending in certain, you know, zones where you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down in that, that ability to just grind through some money, um, it wears you down. And when it's 24 hours a day and um, there's no turning it off, you really have to figure out what do I need to change the situation? Because it, it quickly will turn into, I'm not making money. Everything I do is a mistake. Um, maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. I don't like it. Before you know it, you're, you know, second guessing everything you've done up until that moment. Um, so for me, that kind of happened when grain markets had been trading in a range for, it felt like years. They just weren't going anywhere. They were trading between, you know, $3 and $3.80, which sounds like a significant amount of movement, but it really isn't. And volatility was low for a long time. And um, it just stayed really difficult. It was really difficult to stay focused and energized by that market. And I probably should have stepped back and reassessed and said, you know, I enjoy trading. Maybe I just need to pick a different market, leave for a little while. Um, and also, I think surrounding yourself with the right people. If you're around other people who can make you feel optimistic and hopeful and and not be afraid to try new things. Um, I think you can avoid getting to that crisis point where you just want to give up completely. Yeah, I think the community part is a great thing for people to look for because you can find that in a lot of places. And I was kind yeah. of the same boat where I was trading uh, treasuries in you know 2012 to 2015 was when things there were pretty uh, grinded every day. They get the big blowout. It was uh, a rough time to do it. But what kept me through it, and I wish I had relied on more, was the community and maybe taking some time off and choosing something else. Mm -hmm. uh, Hogue, you also have had a very lengthy career in trading. It's like 70, 80 years now, right? Yes. Um, right. <laughs> you see, he's seen it come and go from the uh, from the farm to the uh, back when they were the chalking the walls instead of uh, actual uh, boards. The barges down the Chicago River. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever? First time uh, I was on the floor, they were still chalking. Yeah, before you cornered the onion market, oh did you? <laughs> did you ever? Uh, were there times when you ever stepped away? Because it's hard. I think a preface for everyone out there uh, who's maybe a retail trader <laughs> is you to a certain extent, get to decide when you trade. And if you do aspire to uh, a professional trading job somewhere, A, it, it becomes your job, so you can't back away as easily. And you do end up in these positions that are never off. They're always on. Um, so Hogue, did you ever have a time that you stepped away or? 
Well, yeah, of course. I mean, even even before I got my uh, my first job as a proprietary trader in the pit, I was still a clerk, and it was you know busy, and it was a grind, and it was all day, and um, I, I got burned out as a, as a clerk. I took three months off and took my motorcycle cross country, and I came back, and then I got hired as a proprietary trader. And, you know, as, at the very beginning, it's very, it's difficult. You know, they, they just kind of throw you in there and say, you know, buy the bid and sell the offer, buy the bid and sell the offer. That's what they kept trying to tell me. And so for a long time, I just really didn't have any, any real guidance or, or leadership as, uh, you know, just in there trying to figure out how to make money. And, you know, that was very difficult. There was nobody um, you know, around me in the pit that was, that was trying to help. Like, like Carol said, you know, if you have people around you that, that can, that can help lift you up, that, that helps. And, you know, as a proprietary trader at this firm, there, there were a couple of people that I, that were there to talk to a couple of trading psychologists that really helped me a lot, but the learning curve from where I started to where I left that, to that, that, um, that firm was, was, you know, was, it was, was a hairy, um, so there were periods of time when I'd just walk up into the office and hang up my coat and say, I quit. And they'd all say, okay, well, we'll see you tomorrow then. Ah, Larry <laughs> David. Yeah. So, you know, there, there were, there's always those ups and downs. You know, my dad, my dad always said, you know, when things are good, they're great. When things aren't going so well, that it's really it's really hard to, to get through those times. And uh, yeah. so I think, you know, we all do get burned out once in a while. Yeah. It's tough dealing with that uncertainty too, because it's not, if you are uh, a welder or a, uh, a doctor or something where you're like, well, I can always pack up shop and do this somewhere else. Right. If the training's right. not working. It can be really stressful if that's what you've dedicated so much time to. And now that you've got me at about, let's see, 90 years old, you know, it's, you get a little bit burned <laughs> out. <laughs> you look great for 90. Oh, you kidding? So uh, Dan, any thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would have to kind of go with Carol here when the options world turns to this 24 hour a day thing and volatility spikes on, you know, the Asian open and you're falling asleep at your desk chair because like you tag team who's going to run home from the, the floor. You have one guy in the office on the screen. Then your job is to rush home to get onto the screen at your house, call in on the phone and say, OK, I'm in. Then that person gets in the car and heads out to the, the burbs to, to their screens. And then you're, it was so exhausting. And it was, it takes it to a point of like, is it worth this effort? You know, you, you lose a lot of, you know, the hair falls out pretty fast when, you know, that Asian open opens. And, you know, at the time there were, when, there were a lot of things going on with China about inflation and about their GDP and some of possible questions around their numbers that as soon as the market would open, bonds would go insane. We'd take insane risk all of a sudden just based on our position. Yeah. So then you're trying to trade out of that by covering yourself one way, shape or form. And you just spent, you know, two years worth of mental capacity overnight to then wake up and go, Oh, we calmed all back down. Everything's mellow again. If I held the position, I'd be in the money by great day. But I walked through this night, basically a scratch. And it was like, that sucks. I'm over this. And so I, I went to take a little six month hiatus. Um, and I got a phone call from uh, Michael Patak about top step. And here I am five years later. Yeah. 
Mick, to get you in the game here, um, what are some of the things that you did perhaps in your career to kind of combat it? Uh, we've talked a little bit about community. We talked about taking time off. Um, it could be along those same lines, but there's anything else that you did when you just felt like, like blah, like, yeah, I can't do this right now. Definitely. Um, like Carol had mentioned, there were plenty of pockets along over the years where, you know, um, things weren't going well. And for me, the burnout came from poor performance. You know, if I wasn't making any money, it was, it was difficult to roll out of bed and sit in front of the computer. And um, it was all poor performance related. Um, so when things weren't going well, you know, uh, it was depressing for me. And, you know, I had a hard time. I had a, an even harder time when I was, you know, working out of my, my bedroom, my home office, when you were alone, um, you know, when you were going downtown to share an office with some people and you had camaraderie, it, even if things weren't going well, it made it much easier because you had something to look forward to. And I've been fortunate enough to be in the position where, you know, anytime I was sharing space or communicating with other traders, they were all always people that were, you know, smarter than me, more experienced than me. So even if the, my own performance wasn't going well, I was still able to learn. Um, and I think that for any trader finding burnout, you know, take your foot off the gas pedal from your own trading and try and educate yourself better and learn from other people that whether or not they have something that is going for them at the current moment, they're able to, you know, make you that much more well-rounded. Um, you know, as far as me dealing with burnout before, when I started trading for myself, it was something I went into full time. Um, I quickly found out that there is an enormous amount of pressure to perform, to pay bills, which at the time, you know, I, my bills were very minimal compared to, you know, what they are now because my responsibilities have, you know, increased substantially. But, um, you know, the, there was early on, um, it was, uh, I was, one spring and summer, I, I had a pretty short bias in the soybeans. And, uh, you know, almost every day I'd come in and I'd, you know, work a short position. And I was just kind of getting run over on a daily basis. And it was, um, it was depressing. It was tough. I, I had a, such a strong bias. You know, the, the growing season was extremely favorable. We were going to have record large crops and stuff. The one thing that I didn't think about was the demand out of China and they were buying tons and tons of soybeans. Price continued to go higher. It got to a point, and I know Danny, Jack, John, you've heard this before where I said, I've got to stop for a little while because if I continue doing what I'm doing, I'm not going to have a business anymore in the near future. So I stopped. I took a little time off of trading. I did odds and end jobs. I was detailing cars. I was doing some painting and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, it was a good thing I stopped because when I stopped, beans continued to rally. Whoops, lost my pen at one time. Beans continued to rally and I would have been out of the industry um, within, you know, a couple months. So after taking some time to clear my head and coming back after the summer, um, I basically told myself I need to have some sources of income other than my trading to put a, give myself a little relief. Um, the stress of having to perform to, you know, cover my, my monthly nut was, uh, was really difficult. So I always made sure I had a little money coming in to take care of the bills. It gave me so much more of a clear mind and took the pressure off. You know, it's a high risk industry. 
you put a lot of pressure on yourself. And if you know that you can slowly work on your trading without having to perform and exceed in your trading, um, that was that was probably the most helpful thing. So, you know, I continued doing those odds and end jobs. And then over time, it got to a point where you know, I was like, hey, I don't need to, you know, take this guy's car to detail it this week. Um, and, you know, that was a big thing for me. I really like what you said there, kind of hinted at the point of don't let uh, your feeling burnt out transform into the big blowout. Because I've seen a lot of people do that, too, where the trade's crappy, they're hating more and more, and then go into full F this mode, and then <laughs> yeah, just blow it all away. I've seen people... Yeah just go from like something that was like, okay, and you could have walked away with some money to just blowing up everything and, uh, you know, being blackballed essentially from the industry. Right. Um, you got to look a little bit beyond that. All problems are somewhat transitory in nature. And if it's not making you happy, you have to move on. But I think we all, so Carol, I wasn't, uh, here two weeks ago when you were on, uh, but do, do you still do any tr uh, trading in a uh, personal context? Do I right now? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, I'm long some corn options. I'm <laughs> long some Dow futures. A little of this and a little of that. But it's never enough that, um, you know, it, there's small trades on the side that I just, because I, I will never not be trading. Yes. I, you know, it's just a part of who I am. I do have a whole nother job. I work in a school district. So I am like in a high school during the regular part of the year. Um, but um, even after school and during school, I'm still looking at stuff and trying to put in a little trade here and there when I like something. So, yeah, um, I, took a, I took a leap of faith there because I didn't know exactly <laughs> what your answer was going to be. But I was just going <laughs> to assume because you had the careers that everyone like I still find myself yeah. trading. I don't do yeah. you know. I like it much more when it's completely discretionary and not something mm -hmm. that I'm like, oh man, got to make some money today or, yeah. you know. I'll tell you this though, and you, I, maybe you would agree. I, because I was saying earlier, I have a son who's interested in trading and he's been trading a little Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and he uses a stop. And I'm like, ah, you put in a tight stop like that, you're going to get hit. And he does, he gets like stopped out. And then the market of course turns around and goes his way. And as someone who traded for a long time and who now does it more for fun than my only source of income, um, I can allow all of my bad habits to stay with me. So I'm a really poor influence on him right now. So for instance, <laughs> if I'm long some Dow futures and the market goes against me, I'm like, well, I'll just hold it. Cause I know it's gonna go up tomorrow or the next day. So it's a terrible place for me to be trying to train him. Um, so I was saying I might send him down to you guys and give him some good discipline on how to trade. But um, the whole burning out thing and trying to find a community. Um, and I will agree, it's great to surround yourself with people who are smarter and have other experiences. So if you're a grain trader, you know, hang out with the crude oil traders or the bond traders uh, because you can always learn so much. And I think if you can't find that community to help you, um, I'm assuming people do that online more so than going to offices nowadays. But 
even just talking to a friend or anyone, someone you work with who you respect or, and just lay out where you're at in your trading career. Like this is what's been happening with me lately. What do you see as an outsider? Because a lot of times you're the last one to realize like, oh my God, I am so burnt out and frustrated at, my, at that point where I'm just going to blow it all. Whereas you talk to your friend and you say, you know, I seem to make money in the morning, but then by 11 o'clock, I blow it all because I make stupid trades because I get bored and I over trade or, you know, you could talk to someone who's not even in our industry and they might have some insights into what behaviors you're doing that are helping to lead to your burnout. And yeah. Everybody needs a break. It's like I'm happy you mentioned that, Carol. There's a lot of ways to look on the inside from the outside, no matter you know what someone else is doing, even if they're not involved in the you know taking risk, assuming risk. Yeah, Yeah, my 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 then girlfriend, uh, now wife, uh, at the time had the sort of pressured info. She'd be like, "Oh, this year you seem to be getting a lot more calls in the middle of the night." Uh, (laughs) I was just like, you know what? I haven't really been keeping track, but that's definitely true. And that was sort of, that was to me a sign. I don't think that's what she was going for, but that uh, we were putting too much stuff on at night, right? And it was uh, coming back to hurt us. So like community, I think is the most important cure for these things because you'll face burnout in any career that you choose. Uh, Carol, you were for school district. My brother, he's a high school teacher, loves it, loves the kids, but there's times where he it's just like i i don't know if i could do this so it's a hard job and i just feel like i'm not in it today and yeah just got to find what you like in it and react accordingly one thing i i was remind reminded myself about and carol was talking about the uh the almost you know the 23 hour day trading trading days is you know some people are better than others about separating their work from their personal life. I, I remember when I was having these hard times, uh, you know, trading, I was having nightmares and that's not any way to live. You know, I would have nightmares <laughs> about whiffing on, you know, hitting the bid or the offer doing market making and just watch the market get away from me and whiff and whiff and whiff and whiff. And, and that's really no way to live. So if you're having nightmares about what you're doing, you're either trading too big um, or, you know, you, you really need to separate yourself from what it, whatever it is that you're doing that's, you know, affecting your sleep. True. I still do sometimes. That, that's sort of like my late for a test dream. It's still, you know, uh, that I'm in a position I can't get out of. Like, just like you said, I guess that's a common... Uh, Oh, that's not good. I gotta go. I know these wide out, the long hours too, are a reason that a lot of people, you know, that did, you know, trade large, make markets, were big participants, you know, have really stepped aside or scaled it back because, you know, they have to, everybody's got to sleep at night. And if you have, you know, a larger position on and, you know, it moves against you and you really might not know why it does at the time. And then it might snap right back in, you know, in the morning, um, it's not worth it for a lot of people not wondering why they might be out a large sum of money at any given time. Yeah. Guys, I've got to, I've got to move along. I got to get to group coaching, but I think that's a good, uh, good idea for a uh, future coaches playbook is trading dreams. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <I> <laughs> nightmares. So people trading can... nightmares. I've got a few that can, that can, that can, uh, we can scare you a little bit. So uh, sorry, I have to go. Uh, no, enjoy- Hoag's leaving us. So if you need some uh, community monitoring, Hoag's available for coaching. So uh, if you need to talk it out, Hoag will do that for you. 
Carol, Dan, Mick, Jack. We'll see you soon. Talk to you later. Okay, Bye. That was some uh, wise words that Mr. Hoagland left us on. I feel like this is the first time we should make this more of where people pop in and pop out. Kind of. I like it. Dynamics. I like it. I was so, just going to add one thing too. And just for people to have kind of this idea of perspective when you're carrying these overnight positions and like, you know, mixed talking, you got to get your sleep. It's really important. And you might fall asleep, like sitting at your computer. I've done it multiple times in the overnight stuff or set the alarm to wake me up every 20 minutes. And some people will be like, well, if you're, you're on a position and you're covered and you've got yourself hedged, you know, can't you go to sleep? Well, you might have a position on and if like if volatility adjusts a little bit and all of a sudden like two or three ticks in the bonds could be like you need to buy 30, 40, 50 to 100 bonds just to get yourself back to delta neutral. So as soon as you have a little bit of uh, gamma built and you've got a little bit of a position, once that market starts to go one direction or the other, it doesn't matter if it's up or down, you have to get hedged. You've got to get your delta neutral. And if you don't, it can lead to extreme overnight risk. And yeah, bonds, they're not moving a handle or two very often, but five, 10, 15 ticks could be the difference of a couple hundred thousand dollars really quickly. Yeah. So, well, now that we've scared the crap out of everyone from the, yeah. that's the point of this, uh, this, uh, what would you call it? Show that we do, right? It's this scare people out of trading. They don't do um, scared straight. I think we'll say it's trading like, edition. We're saying to avoid these things. Don't put yourself in these <laughs> like where I'm at now as far as trading, where I, you know, I risk what I could lose. I ha I have fun doing it, and I still like the strategic components of it and stuff like that. Um, it seems like everyone here still does it a little. I know Mick and Dan mm -hmm. do, and Carol, you seem to do it a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe maybe we'll end on like, what do you what do you love about trading, Mick? You want to. Just it, we'll go quick hits because we're already. Um, I think the the challenge of timing and predicting and the reward that it brings. Yeah. Carol. Um, I've always been attracted to the possibility of creating kind of your own financial destiny because a job where you get a paycheck every Friday and you know exactly how much it's going to be um, is great for the majority of people. And then there's the lunatics like me who are like, I'm okay just to kind of wing it and see what's going to happen. So for me, it was just the ability to, you know what, maybe I can just make money by myself without someone saying this is what you're worth you know and so absolutely dan i love the money <laughs> i won't beat around the bush that's what i'm in it for i mean i love the the process i i enjoy you know trying to understand why markets are going to do what they're going to do um but it, if it didn't have that reward it wouldn't yeah. be nearly as fun in my opinion no, it's probably not something I would do like on a nice Saturday afternoon, no. you know, if, if, if it weren't for that. But what I love the most is just the it's like the purest form of competition and strategy in the world. And you're always playing it on the hardest level. So, like, I enjoy that challenge quite a bit. So, Carol, thanks for joining us today. We hope down Certainly. the road we'll have you back and we'll uh, talk maybe about a topic that's not quite so 
ominous. Uh, <laughs> but no, I think it's so like if you take anything away from this, you know, build your community. You need you need people to lean on. Yeah. You need time away. Sometimes you need to shake things up and don't let it spiral out of control. Like sometimes you need you need to leave. Sometimes you're just done at things. Like we're such in the United States, we have this big problem with if someone's like, don't quit. If you're a quitter, that's the worst. That's not the worst thing you can do. The worst thing you can do is like waste your life doing something you don't want to do and then lose all your money at the same time. So don't do that. <laughs> all right. Well, Hogue's not here. So uh, is there a quote today, Dan? Or Yeah, I've got one from uh, Laurie Deshane. I think she's an author um, as a book called Tiny Buddha. I just had to Google it. But she has a great quote. Nobody's perfect, so give yourself credit for everything you're doing right and be kind to yourself when you struggle. I, I almost don't want to add anything. That did it about perfectly. So I thought it was a pretty good one. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, uh, for checking in this week. And uh, since Hogue's not here, I'll be the one to say, what does he say? He says trade well at the end, but he usually gives a little ramp up first. Go out and profit. Yeah, go out and profit. Take care of yourself mentally and trade well. We'll see you later. Hey, everybody. Thank you for making it through this very special and somewhat unorthodox episode of the Limit Up podcast. We'll be back next week, as I mentioned earlier, with some fresh new takes on whatever has happened in the last week, which, as I mentioned, volatility was screaming today. So maybe we'll have a lot to talk about. There'll be all the Fed drama you know, there'll be lawsuits from former presidents. There'll be, you know, there's all sorts of stuff going on. And we'll get to the bottom of that. But in the meantime, it's almost the weekend. So you know what to do. Namaste and trade well. Limit Up is presented by Top Step and produced by Dante32. Futures in Forex trading contain substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.